Greetings. Welcome, welcome, welcome. And thank you so much for joining me today at Quick Health Concepts. This is podcast number seven. I am your host, Dr. Leslie Quick. And uh, today, what we want to talk about is, well, what's on everybody's mind. Uh, I talked about the coronavirus just under a month ago, and here we are today, a completely different environment than we were a month ago. And it is what it is. So I figured let's talk today about coronavirus. And instead of just talking about the health implications, today I want to talk about its effect on our local economy specifically, obviously touching about touching upon possibly, you know, the national economy. But really, I want to focus on Massachusetts economy. And today I want to thank my friend, my one of my closest friends for over 35 years, 37 years now. Uh, I have Erin Calvo-Bacci with me. Hello. Thank, thank, thank you so you. much for having me. Erin is, Erin uh, and her husband, Carlo, are owners of the chocolate manufacturer Bocce Chocolate Design and the CB Stuffer brand. They are based in Swampscott. And correct me if I'm messing anything up here, CB Stuffer brands are sold nationally to specialty retailers and online to consumers. Uh, with your background as a small business owner, and since I've known you, you've always been in retail. Yes, I have. Uh, because of your background uh, as a small business owner and her experience in retail, she's endeavored to become a grassroots advocate who has developed and implemented strategic planning for organizations and businesses. Yes. You are now, Erin is a Retail Association of Massachusetts board member, and she also serves on their legislation committee advocating to support economic development. That is correct. In 2015, my friend Erin was named America's Retail Champion, and in 2018, she received the Lynn Area Chamber of Commerce Businesswoman of the Year. There is nobody I know, and this is why I asked you here today, that constantly has their pulse, you know, your finger on the pulse of what is going on in our local economy. So thank you so much for coming today. I really well, appreciate it. Thank you so much for, ha for having me and to talk about this, because it is such an important issue. It's certainly impacting our local economy and we are going to see the trickle down we have no idea really what the implications are going to be so it's the uncertainty is what's making it harder for the businesses right now just the same way that the uncertainty is making it harder for families so we see that with our local economy as well absolutely you know it's funny i was i was reading um in the Boston Globe yesterday, they basically said, this is basically like getting hit from behind with the person behind you never sitting, um, hitting the brakes. It just, bang. It's, it's just affected us. You know, we've been watching this, I, I kind of liken it to a tsunami. You know, we're watching it from afar, seeing it going, oh, you know, you know and then all of a sudden, boom, it hits you and it's, it's here. It is what it is. It is what it is, but we really, it does go back further because of the tariff issues. So there, the tariff issues had certainly impacted a lot of our businesses in ways that most people wouldn't necessarily understand because larger companies had the ability to source other areas for products that are made in China. Really, it was the, the biggest issue is how much of our manufacturing has been shifted out of this country. And that happened years ago. So we really haven't come back from dealing with the tariff issues and what their cost has been and the changes for companies. And now, unfortunately, 
having this pandemic has really impacted people in ways that we project that it's taking a long time to come back for the tariffs and being able to to get the goods that we need. And now we're going to see how much really beyond when when all, when the death settles, we're really it's like a tornado mm-hmm. until it's over. We really won't be able to truly assess what we're looking at right now. You make a good point. Didn't even you know it. That's why I have you here, right? Because I'm looking at it from the health aspect and obviously, but it, you you bring it back to even further than that, which is obviously what's happening now is just going to compound that by yes. thousandfold, <clears throat> you know, so it's it's good that you bring that up. Um, just a couple of quick statistics. Now, these statistics were what I took from March 18th, which was yesterday. Today is Thursday, March 19th. Um, as of March 18th, we'd had 225,000 cases of the coronavirus globally with over 9,000 deaths. It is now spread to every continent except for Antarctica. So if you want to get away from it, that's <laughs> the only go hang out with some polar bears, uh, but you can't fly. So I guess you're out of luck. Um, Italy has now become the epicenter, was China, that has now shifted to Italy. Uh, Italy had 475 deaths in a 24-hour period, the largest since the pandemic began. China, according to their records, had less than 200 a day. So this has become a huge, obviously we know, a huge problem in Italy. In Italy. They, I was looking at the graph. They went from three, in one month's time, they went from three cases to over 31,000 cases in mm. a matter of 30 days. And their population is at 60 and a half million. Our population is 327 million. I'm not going to give the math, but, you know, you can figure that out. Right now we have over 9,000 confirmed cases and over 150 deaths. New York yesterday, or maybe the 17th, I'm not sure if they were talking about the 18th or the 17th, they had an increase overnight in one day from 814 cases to 1,871 cases. So... As this is happening, we're talking about kind of the brakes are being hit. This is just a huge effect. Obviously, you've been seeing the Trump administration is trying to come out with this new stimulus package by hopefully passing to give people money back to help kind of, I don't know, I don't want to say invigorate, but at least try to stabilize the damage that's already been done. And that is happening in this, like I said, monsoon of events taking place. Uh, But. How is it affecting my question to you, Aaron, next is how is it affecting our local economy? Are, you know, you as a retail association member, is there something that are, are you are people meeting, you know, v- virtually to discuss these events? So as a member of the retail association in Massachusetts and then serving on the small business steering committee with the National Retail Federation, as well as their uh the legislative component, we are receiving word constantly from from both associations on what's happening, what what are the guidelines, what should we follow. The members are going before Congress. So yesterday I was asked, uh, was there anything that I wanted to relay, anything that we're seeing? And like I had said earlier, unfortunately, I really don't know what to plan for. Because we do sell nationally into specialty stores, we had also seen some of those businesses were not doing so well or had cut back just before Christmas. 
a large account that we sell into had filed bankruptcy. Now, locally, one of the largest chains that we sell into is the paper store. They had uh, they notified us that they're going to have a two-week shutdown, so our product did recently hit their, their warehouse. We just don't know if it will be hitting the shelves, and then we also don't know what's going to what they'll be able to do. Will they be selling online? For us, we are an online retailer, so we are still able to sell online and get those products out. At the same time, we need to be watchful of, will postal carriers still be there? Will UPS be working? And we are also seeing policies that were put in place, such as the Paid Leave Act. And for smaller businesses, what does that look like? Are they able to truly pay for their employees to be on leave? Where is that money coming from? Some other issues that people need to consider is the number of leases that are out there. What When business is closed, where's the money coming from to pay your lease? So we're set up in a situation where we do own a commercial building and there is a tenant and it is the chocolate truffle and they're doing a great job with trying to offer online as well. They're doing curbside pickup. So they're trying to be creative. It's just we don't know what the government is going to tell us. And people are trying to hang tight in some instances. And then you see a lot of instances where people are thinking, well, it's just, it's business as usual. There were people that are upset that the malls are closing because they felt like this was some place to go. Whereas we need to be mindful of the social distancing and making sure that if, if we are affected and uh, develop the virus. We know how contagious it is based on what they're telling us. Mm -hmm. So how many other people will be impacted by that? So for us as a company, we had already scaled back because we could see what was starting to happen and we only have one main employee other than my husband and, and, and me. So we're able to take care of that one employee I'm concerned. I am seeing the number of people that are laying off. And we know that habits change. So if people get out of the habit of going to their favorite store for an item and they are able to shift to online, will they come back? So now's the time more than anything that people need to be focused on marketing businesses. Yep. They have to be focused on marketing, making sure that everyone knows they're still around, being creative, and using social media for those purposes. There's been uh, great communities such as Reading, which has an opportunity for businesses to be promoted. And we're seeing businesses that are being creative, like pizza shops, where they're offering make your own pizza. So they'll sell the whole kit to you. Cupcake City in Reading is doing make uh, decorate your own cupcakes. So it really is a time of being creative. Changing a little bit of your bus- business model and how you're doing things. Yes. And it, running a business. Exactly. Yep. And that's so... Because we had shifted away from an actual brick and mortar to online, we're we're facing the same issues we would be facing if it were a snowstorm. Just the other side is 
will the postal carriers be able to get the products out? Will the UPS mm-hmm. drivers be able to pick up? So that's where we have to be mindful. And the other thing when I touched upon is products that are being shipped into the country or any supplies. The cup that holds our peanut butter cup is actually manufactured in Italy. So as soon as we heard it hit Italy, that was the first thing that I had thought of. Granted, most of those products are probably already in the United States right now, sitting in a warehouse in New Jersey. It's just once that supply dwindles Dwindles. down, what is it going to take to be able to get that back? And our peanut butter cup is is our main product. It's the largest peanut butter cup in the industry. That's really what we sell the most of all of our products. Delicious, by the way. (laughs) Delicious. Thank you. (laughs) So so this, again, is... I, I don't know what we're going to be facing. I don't think anybody does. I, and, and I'm going to tell you this, and you probably have heard me say this before, because you used to like The Walking Dead too, right? Oh, my gosh, yeah. yeah. You and Carlo. And so my husband, Mark, and I were fans of The Walking Dead for, for years. We, we don't watch it anymore, but we were. And I used to joke with people, and I'd say, you know, I really should start a garden just in case the zombie apocalypse comes. Or I really should do this. I want to be prepared for the zombie apocalypse. Now, I would say that jokingly. But then my sister Kayla called me the other day and she said, you know how you always joked about the zombie apocalypse? She goes, dude, it's here. <laughs> now, we're joking, yes. right? But the hysteria is is becoming very real. It is. You know, uh, I'm hearing people stealing paper products and, and we've got the yeah. we've got to have the cleanest butts in the world because you're hearing about the toilet paper going, you know, and, and people are stealing toilet paper from the retailers. Seriously, this is ridiculous, but it's really there. What are you seeing as far as that goes? I mean, are you witnessing that and like talking to other business owners? Because I know for, from my aspect, I'm a small business owner in the service industry, healthcare, uh, we're seeing that, you know, I had to, as of next week, I've had to lay off one of my, my assistants. I hate doing it, but we've seen, you know, we're still staying afloat and we plan on doing that because, you know, I said to them the other day, I said, I want to make sure that you have a job to come back to. Exactly. And that's really important for us. I said, we need to do this now because this is something that my husband and I can handle for the time being. You know, one of my assistants, my office manager, she has um, an elderly mother and, you know, older mother and her father-in-law is 80 years old. So she doesn't want to risk being in the office. At least she can do some work from home, Mm -hmm. you know, but on the other side of the coin, we're saying, okay, our numbers have our patients. We want to be able to provide our patients the care they need because there are still people coming. I mean, I have a 96-year-old woman who comes to me and says, listen, if I'm going out with the coronavirus, at least I'll be pain free. (laughs) That's true. You know, but that goes back to what you were saying, too, about, you know, some people are, you know, um, I don't want to say over the top. Nothing is over the top except for stealing toilet paper. But, um, you know, some people are extremely cautious. Mm-hmm. And then some people, like you said, it's business as usual. They said, I'm going into work. I still have to go to work. Yes. I'm here. And we're trying to do what we can to make sure it's as safe as an environment as 
humanly possible yes. to, you know, what we are doing right now is, is if you come into my office and I'm providing updates weekly to my patients too. Um, if you come into the office, we have a person, you, you we allow one person in the lobby mm-hmm. um, in our waiting area. And if you see that person, you have to wait on the large, the larger lobby. And then once we move that person into the treatment room, then the next person come can in, come in, can come in. And, you know, I'm wearing gloves. Most of my patients are now face down. Uh, You know, we're trying to do lots of different things to be able to provide the services. But we're looking at it, like I said, we're lucky. Yes. You know, but you understand this, too, because you and your husband are in the same business together. My husband and I are in the same business together. So we don't have somebody else working for a company who can work from home. Exactly. So you and I... Are, I'm sure. I'm sure that you agree. We have to very strategically plan from day one to say we need to do the utmost that we can to ensure that our business is going to be there in six months because we don't know what the hell is going to happen in two weeks. Exactly, and that's what. So we, because we have gone through the financial crash and lost access to capital overnight. Uh, and we've gone through just so many different hardships that we had to look at our business model and say, how do, what do we do to make sure that we are sustainable? So that was really where scaling back and changing our business came into play. So for us, selling off, well, first it was consolidating the retail stores and then selling off the retail store was it helped to position us. Then moving into the factory, we are not a public factory. So it's really interesting because people would ask, oh, can we can we have tours? So it's helped us in that we are not open to the public. So there's one absolute safeguard that we already have in place, which which helps us. And then with scaling back, because it is more of a slow season for us, we were able to monitor monitor the staff that we have and make sure that we, because it's a food item, we do have strict policies in place already where if anyone is sick, they're not allowed to be around the food. That's just, those are our policies. And we, we know that it's our livelihood. And you're right. It is it it is our livelihood. This is my husband and I. You cannot manufacture from home. Manufacturing still has to happen. So we're seeing the car industry just made a decision to stop manufacturing. I believe I think I saw that was it GM was yes. offering to start creating ventilators. Yeah, so people, so what's happening is we're seeing the creative side to business. So there's brewing companies that are now brewing hand sanitizer. So this is the time to really look at your business and be creative and say, what can I do to make sure that I am here next week? So what is it that you offer? Because it really is going to come down to needs versus wants. Right. And... We joke because people say in these times, good times or bad times, people are drinking alcohol and they're eating chocolate. So will that continue? That's something that will 
we're curious to see, okay, if people can't get the items at their stores that they typically shop at, like the paper store, will that push them to order from us direct? And that's where we're hopeful. However, like I said, it's not like this is something we can do from home. I do my, I do the portion of the work for the company. I do that offsite, which is the marketing and uh, the back ends, working on the website uh, for what I can handle, and then I have to uh, sublease that out to someone else. I work with a company who, who's on top of that for me. So that they can do those jobs from home to make sure that our, our internet is still up and, and selling. It's just we, we can only put so many safeguards in place, and that if people just aren't calling and placing the orders, then that's it. Right. I feel, you know, it's when I have conversations with people and they're talking about going, you know, a lot, obviously online is going up. Yes. Online purchases are going up. But one of the things that I really want to, you know, to that I've I've always tried as much as possible to follow this anyway, as a small business owner is to if you know, purchase, you're going to purchase online. Don't forget that the small businesses, still a lot of small businesses, do sell online. Yes. Right now, I feel that the only people that are going to benefit are Amazon. And that's what concerns me is that I want to make sure, I I mean, you know, it's a grassroots type of thing that people are purchasing online, but purchasing from the small business and not through the just the Amazon. I'm not saying that Amazon does not provide a very important, you know, feature that you can't get anywhere else, but... Small small businesses can do what Amazon does. Yes, and that was it. So I have, we are a vendor of Amazon. We do not sell all that much direct from them. We sell more of our online products, thankfully, direct. The way that Amazon has really positioned itself mm-hmm. uh, is unfortunate. Because too many people, the knee jerk is go to Amazon. Right. And and Amazon has done a great job with marketing. So co- combining artificial intelligence now, if you're doing a search, right away it comes Amazon. up and says, oh, Amazon, Amazon has it. So I'm glad that you say, think of the small businesses. So if there's something that you would typically find or typically want, even though the businesses are closed, there is some type of component, I'm sure, of an online aspect. So I know like uh, the tin bucket in Reading. Mm-hmm. They've said just call, place an order. They would do delivery or do pickup. Anya's a clothing store. Again, same. They would do a... I think they're just pickup. I'm not 100% sure if they're delivery. There's, there are options, so I'm glad that you said that. Call the small business first. See, see if you've exhausted everyone locally before you go to that, that next step. The unfortunate sides also with people hoarding. I don't know what has happened other than the other than it is there is a mental component to this. Fear does some crazy things for people and unfortunately with large buildings being shut down like our churches which mm-hmm. host typically our 
uh, AA meetings, NA meetings, all those types of support groups, they're not happening. Right. So when people aren't getting the, the mental support that they need, we are going to see other behaviors. So people need to smile more. People need to be thinking, okay, put it out there. If you have an excess of something, like if you have some extra basil over there growing <laughs> in your house, it's it's think about what is it that you need. I do have two bottles of red wine, by the way. Oh, if you good. do need it, yes, you know, yes. but, <laughs> I'll put it out there. That's a given, Aaron. That's a given. <laughs> but that's it. So it's think about what do you have that you can help someone else out. Check on your neighbors. Is there anyone that needs anything? It, it's all of this will go a long way. We saw. The closest that I can remember something like this was after September 11th. Yep. And Agreed. we got together as, as a nation. We need to do that again. We need to be looking at how can we help other people. You know, it's, it's interesting you say that. So the other day I, I contacted my, um, my neighbor because she has a history of cancer. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I just called her and I said, just to let you know, if you need, you know, anything picked up, anything like that, let me know. That way you don't have to brave the jungle of, you know, Market Basket and Lucci's and, and that those are our local markets. Um, you know, so it, it, things like that do go a long way. We had Salvatore, who's our massage therapist at the office yesterday, had a massage uh, client that came in and she gave him a $100 tip. Oh, my gosh. You know, because and not everybody can do that. Absolutely. I'm not saying everybody can do that. But it does. Not only did it make him feel really how he you know, and he said to me, he said, right now I'm good. You know, he said, but obviously in uh, in this type of service industry, they're going to be hit. I mean, we were talking about the fact that in Boston, what I believe the restaurant bars, hotels, those workers make up three hundred seventeen thousand people. In mm-hmm. Massachusetts, the retailers, 352,000. All construction jobs in Boston have stopped. Yep. We need to do what we can in cases like this. You know, my sister had to close her office. But again, luckily, we're somewhat, I don't want to say shielded, but we have some money put away for, you know, this an emergency type fund. Not everybody's as lucky. One of my, assi- my assistant's friend owns a salon. She's a single mom. Yes. She doesn't know what to do. So this is the time, if we can, the best ways to support, you know, one of the things we were hearing was best ways to support is get gift cards if you can. You know, I have a gift card already to a restaurant and I said, I'm not going to, I'm not going to use it now. I'm going to buy another one or I'm going to order and do their takeout and then I'll use it when the economy comes back. It will. It's just a matter of time. And I think the unknown is what's really scary for people because we don't know what is happening. When people asked me a couple of weeks ago, they said, are you staying open? I said, well, yes, I have patients who need the care and I will continue to until they tell me I can't. I feel like we've put enough safety measures in place. Mm-hmm. And if I close for two weeks and then two to three weeks down the road, the state says you need to shelter in place. That's another two weeks, yes. you know, so it's it's a lot of the unknown. But that being said, the more we can do to and, and thank you so much, Aaron, for mentioning that contact your small business, find out what they're doing right now. 
I just was reached out one of my friends, Janine Vendici, who was a guest on the show before. I love her, and she just you know reached out to me and just said she's doing, you know, she's doing uh, um, online video conferencing with her patients. Things like that you have to alter to try to to try to go with the changing times right yes, now. Yes, yes, and that's a and it, to be able to to stay on top to go with the changing times and think about the impact when people are not working that means less money is going to go into the economy that's going to the the other impact of that the trickle down is our food pantries our food banks so think of the people in the community and oftentimes people think because we're in the suburbs oh it, it's oh they don't think about food insecurity mm-hmm. the the way that it really is an issue here Think of the number of homeless people. Reading has a homeless population. Wakefield has a homeless population. Wilmington does, obviously. Well, yep. So these are areas where we need to be mindful of don't hoard the items when you're buying them or buy something and put something aside. We, we as a family, we try to support a lot of the local food pantries, our church has one, and we're mindful of if I'm buying something for my kids, and it's the items that my family eats, so we're going to pick that up and and donate that. So sorry if people don't like organic <laughs> or vegan, but I because I, I have to think about what would I need for my family? My daughter, our youngest daughter, Sophia, has the, the peanut allergy. So we're mindful of making sure that if we're donating an item that it is peanut free. And really thinking of the, the children that are impacted right now and the, the elders that are impacted by this. So the other part is the, the social distancing that we're supposed to be practicing. The negative effects are the number of, of people who really need to connect with someone else. So if there's a way, start writing letters. Like that's, that's I just, idea. so there are things that people can be doing and hopefully they will. Uh, like I said, we don't really know what's going to happen in the economy. We're just hopeful. Question for you. How do you feel? So one of the things they were saying last night as well when I was listening, um, one, there are still seven states that have no bans. Mm-hmm. On gatherings of any sort, I feel that my personal opinion, they are more ill-prepared than any other states are. Uh, I think they are making a huge mistake by not setting something in place. And it's probably because maybe they're not seeing the cases yet. But I feel that, and this is my own personal opinion on this, but given what we're seeing, I think it's a a well-read one that... You know, it's just, again, it's just a matter of time. They will soon be experiencing these effects. How do you feel Massachusetts is as a state in, compared to other states, in handling the basically the recession that's going to be, if we're not already in, is going to be taking place with unemployment, et cetera? How do you feel that we stack up so far to handle this? I like the proposals the governor has made. Uh, unfortunately, I really don't know how that will impact a lot of people because there's the industries such as food service. Mm-hmm. What do they really make? 
So we don't need, we don't know in terms of if you're you're out of work, unemployment's a percent of what you typically make. So are these people also doing a lot of side gigs, meaning uh, different side jobs? So you see a lot of the people, the personal shoppers uh, at grocery stores. So more people probably had multiple jobs than we realize. And that's where we're going to see that loss of income and how it's going to impact people. My concerns are also within our the our municipalities. So uh, Reading recently was having discussions about a deficit that we will not be receiving from the RMLD, which also services Wilmington. And that's money typically that the town counts on. So, I'm sorry to interrupt. That's just so everybody knows, Reading Municipal oh, Light Department. Thank you. So the... It's hard to say how we stack up because I think a lot was put out to say this is what we're going to do. But there are businesses or areas that may not qualify for the benefits that are available if you're a contractor. Like how do you depending on what you're if what union you're part of what's the contract so Massachusetts typically has made things more difficult for businesses with the paid family leave act when that was first being talked about before it was put in place I wasn't in support originally I actually am not in support in the way that it was rolled out because it is another tax. So for those who aren't familiar, this was something very similar to Social Security where um, a percent is taken out of your paycheck weekly. And now we're seeing where people need the Leave Act. They don't qualify for it yet because you have to have so much that's put into the quote unquote bank. So people already started seeing a deficit in their paychecks and with insurance costs being as high as they are. Mm -hmm. And then you have the insurance companies that aren't paying for a lot of services. So we're, it's, Massachusetts has been seen as like the, the best and the brightest and everything that we do that's awesome and above and beyond. Until the, the dust settles, we really don't know how great are we. I've, for education, I've been very concerned because I felt that we have been falling behind. That's why our middle daughter actually goes to a technical school. She goes to Essex Aggie, where she's learning environmental technology. And she's doing remote learning, whereas our daughter at the middle school does not have remote learning set up. So the other part to this that will impact our economy is education, because education is a direct link to our to our economy. So with Massachusetts originally being a leader nationally in education, how are we going to be when this is all said and done because the projection is students might not go back to school this year. Right. There's two states so far that have not gone back. Our oldest daughter is in college 
and she will be moving to remote learning next week. Uh, how does that really work for those that are in the science for a lot of your majors are in labs? So for my, my daughter in high school, at least she's only a junior, but her tech portion is the hands-on going outside in the field study. They're not going to have that. So what is, how will our students be able to stack up when all is said and done? Good question. You know, as you're saying that, too, it makes me think about, so my my youngest, my oldest is at, is at Shashin Tech. They are not yet doing any remote learning. They are trying to get to that. But, you know, it's an older school. They have the infrastructure isn't as new as Essex. Essex Tech is, which is a benefit of Essex Tech. Everything's all brand new. Now, my youngest, Alexandra, is in seventh grade. They have, every seventh grader has to have a Chromebook. Mm-hmm. Um, so they do have the the opportunity. The one issue that, you know, some of my friends or teachers are saying is the towns are not, these teachers are not uh, trained. Yes. In, a, in So they don't have the ability to do that. Not to mention, then the next question is, is now that our libraries are closed, a lot of families who are you know, lower income may be using the libraries for their computers. Yes. Now you won't have that. How are they going to get access to some of this remote learning? What if you have three kids trying to do remote, you know, remote learning at the same time? These are all questions that that could become a problem and that needs to be addressed. But that's a really good point that you make uh, regarding the education system and what's going to happen with everything going on. And that was so when... I think about Massachusetts and how it it stacks up. I rather than pushing policies that businesses look at such paid leave, minimum wage increasing, I wish we would spend the same energy in education and actual policies regarding education. So we did see recently the the Promise Act had passed, but there were no benchmarks put in place to say, okay, the students are going through the the school system and we know we've given more money. Does that more money relate to what they're learning? So for you and I as business owners, if we're spending more money on something, we want to see what our return on investment is. So this, what's happening right now, should really be a huge call to our legislators that says, these are the benchmarks that we need to be looking at for education because we've had a skills shortage as it was. Mm-hmm. I can't, we have not, so as a factory, we run with less staff than I had run a retail store. And we are selling almost a million dollars in peanut butter cups. So think about that. Mm-hmm. My retail store wasn't doing a million dollars. So we're running with less staff because we can't find the workers. And what is, we already know there's a construction worker shortage. So what's going to happen because when the market starts to come back, will these people leave? Will they have switched to another type of job? Because if, for me, uh, I I consult, and I'm very fortunate. 
I need another job, though, really to think about, okay, if something happens, how am I going to be able to make sure that I'm still contributing to the family? So we're going to see the same thing happen with people who have been in industries that we're not using right now. So retail, that employs or that creates jobs. It's one in four people. One in four jobs, excuse me, is in retail. So think about the companies that most likely will go away or they're going to come back on a scaled-down model. Well, Simon Mall is... They've closed. Shut, they've shut down. So yes, absolutely. You're gonna. You're, that's what did I say? I think it was three hundred fifty-two thousand just in Massachusetts alone is in retail. Just a quick note that I almost forgot to mention. Uh, as of when I was looking at the stats yesterday, they had said in Massachusetts in one day they saw an increase to nineteen thousand eight hundred eighty-four new unemployment claims in one day which was more than the entire month of February. So this is a real problem. And going back to what you're talking about education, another concern, and and it is what it is, but uh, these types of things you're talking about with the acts and and trying to put policy in place, I have a feeling that a lot of these policies are going to be put on hold for a while given the current state of the state. Yes. You know, yes. you got to deal with what's going on right now. And then we'll think about this later. Right. Yes. So un- it's unfortunate. But uh, it is again, it's you'll have to tell me a little bit more about the Promise Act afterwards. But I'm curious to find out more about that. Well, it's interesting because we always say government does not move at the speed of business. And this really should be a wake up call that they need to. Absolutely. They need to start looking at what is in place and our communities. We are in a, we are in such a digital age that there's no reason why real information can't be put out quickly. And because misinformation is just as harmful as bad information and lack of information. These are just areas where we need to say, okay, if we want to be the best and the brightest, what are we going to do to ensure we're the best and the brightest? So unfortunately, the other downfall that we will see is the those that have versus those that don't. I pay for our we pay for our daughter to be tutored. Uh, if you don't have that type of money, you won't be doing that. So there's we're going to see a larger gap. The continued trickle-down yes. effect, basically, because people trying to save, so they're, they're getting rid of the, the things that they consider not as necessary yes. so that they can deal with what is necessary exactly. to them at that time. Well, before we go, Erin, is there any last things that you want to leave us with, leave the listeners with? So my, I'll leave you with my website. Absolutely. So we are cbstuffer.com. And if you enter hashtag get stuffed at checkout, you'll get 20% off. We are a family-owned business, and you'll see some lovely pictures if you follow us on Facebook and Twitter. And we're on Instagram as well. So please check us out, support us. But even if you're not supporting us, please, please, please make sure that you're going to the independent business first. And I will... Uh, if I may have a shout out as well to Card Smart Wilmington, Dick. Hello. Um, closed. 
they they carry a product. So, <laughs> but they're still in Bill Ricca. Yes, we so. love we love Richard Pignone. They 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 are still in Bill Ricca, but they did close their doors in Wilmington. You know, sign of the times. Yeah, even before this. So I'm sorry. Continue. Your yeah. yeah so that's it. So it it really go try to support the local people first and if you can't find our products then contact us and use that same model for all the local businesses please and i can't reiterate that enough please do what we can to try to keep our economy going as best i know we're all in this together and i you know my heart goes out to those who are i feel very I'm a very fortunate person, and my heart goes out to those who might be struggling. Remember, for small businesses, if you are struggling, there is the, you know, the Small Business Association has been providing. I believe it's much easier for small business associations to give out loans. Now, I know, you're looking at me, and I'm, I'm looking at you. But that being said, yeah. it is a resource if you need it. My assistant said to me the other day, she said, oh, it's a loan? Like, yes, it's a loan. Only yes. banks get bailed out for free. Exactly. Yeah, banks and then the uh, the airlines. Yeah. But don't get me sad. That's a whole other discussion. Yeah. Yeah. But definitely, I will also a huge shout out to our your local banks. So we are big believers and supporters in our local our local banks, so the Savings Bank of Wakefield, Wakefield Co-op, Reading Co-op, they really are your community bank, truly. They support the community, and they're the ones that, when all is said and done, they have our back more than a larger company will. Beautifully said. Erin, thank you so much for joining me today, my dear. Oh, I can't welcome. wait to have you on other <laughs> other aspects of how, you know, health and the economy, they sometimes go hand in hand, right? Thank you. They do. They really do. And you because you need to be healthy mentally in order to be and physically in order to to do your job well. Yes. Well, thank you so much, Erin, for joining me. Thank you, listeners, for joining me on Quick Health Concepts today. I am Dr. Leslie Quick. I will hopefully see you in another month. And I'm hoping that there'll be other topics that we can discuss besides the coronavirus. But I want to keep things as current as possible with everybody. So thank you for joining me today. Everybody, stay healthy. Practice social distancing. This is not a time to be going out and having, you know, a small gathering of 20 people in secret. It just it just isn't. So be smart. Be healthy. Help our elders, help small businesses, and thanks so much for joining us today. Thanks, Aaron. Thank you. Bye-bye. And thank you, WCTV. 